0: My guest today is Dr. Steven Ferrara, and I want to welcome him with us today. He is listed as one of our expert practitioners on LifestyleWellnessNetwork.com. So welcome, Steven. Thank you,
1: Jeanetta. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: So update us now as to what you're doing today. I know the information that I gave previously, some of it is outdated today.
1: Yeah, so I am now at Columbia University School of Nursing as the Associate Dean of uh, Clinical Affairs, and in this role, I will be overseeing one of our uh, advanced practice primary care practices, which was one of the first faculty practices for nurse practitioners uh, in the U.S., and I'm very, very excited to, to be in this role, and I think there's lots of ways we could expand our uh, footprint and talk about primary care, um, so that is new in my life. I remain uh, being the executive director of the Nurse Practitioner Association as well. And uh, we've had uh, some some updates in the regulatory arena in New York State with the passing of our 2014-2015 um, budget in New York State, uh, particularly in the form of the Nurse Practitioners Modernization Act. Uh, and sure,
0: can you tell us a little bit more about the modernization act because there's been a, some controversy in some arenas about um the validity of some of the pieces in it for example will the nurse practitioners be independent will they not be independent will they have to uh continue to collaborate with physicians I'll, I'll just let you go into that a little bit more Sure
1: sure i i it's 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 so diff- the landscape is so so difficult because words mean different things to different people um so as far as your first question of independence believe it or not uh as of today the state education department does consider nurse practitioners as independent providers and that is we're responsible for the care and delivery of care that we provide um so even this is pre-modernization act as far as this is concerned yes We still have to have this currently written collaborative agreement, but at the end of the day, New York State sees us as being responsible for the clinical decisions you make in your role. So that aside, what the Modernization Act does is goes into effect on January 1st, 2015. Uh, And there is a designation for what is an experienced nurse practitioner, An experienced nurse practitioner is being defined by New York State as having 3,600 hours or more of clinical practice, which translates to about two years of full-time practice. So nurse practitioners who have more than uh, two years of clinical practice will no longer need to have a written collaborative agreement between themselves and a physician. No longer will nurse practitioners need to identify practice protocols, uh, as we currently have to do in our written collaborative agreements. And finally, there is no longer the requirement to have a uh, quarterly or more often than quarterly chart review between the nurse practitioner and the physician. What stays the same is the sort of less experienced nurse practitioners with less than 3,600 hours of practice will still need to follow the letter of the law the way it is today, meaning written collaborative agreement, written practice protocols, and quarterly chart reviews.
0: Now, maybe there's something you can clear for me now, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure the audience would like to hear this as well. We talk about two years of experience, 3,600 hours. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, Am I getting that correct? Okay. Now what about those nurses uh, that that we would like to have come back into the fold who may be uh, retired, who may be uh, working part-time because they have uh, left Mm -hmm. the uh, active role, left an active role. So what about those nurses? Will they... Will their 36 hours, will their two years of experience uh, be it, valid? It should, it should count. It should count if
1: they're coming into the realm uh, of already having this experience, uh, then essentially what is going to take place is the nurse practitioner will attest to the fact that they have at least 3,600 hours or more of clinical practice throughout their, their career. So there would be no sort of waiting period. There would be no sort of uh, ways that you would have to delay this implementation. Now, I say this um, with the fact that we still have not seen the final regulations from New York State. So the law has been written and signed, and um, we're just waiting to see how the State uh, Board of Nursing is going to interpret the law and how they're going to um, put it out there and enforce it, because th- that's their role, is uh, enforcement of this, of this new regulation. So we certainly understand that the way the law was written is that if you've been a nurse practitioner and you've practiced uh, for 10 years, but you never practiced in a full-time capacity, if you have 3,600 hours within those 10 years of practice, you would be considered a uh, experienced nurse practitioner and would not require the written collaborative agreement.
0: Okay, very good. Now you talked about what happened today, and we talked about uh, it as being a pre modernization, mm-hmm. this independency, right? Now, just go into that a little bit more because independent, as you were saying in terms of words, mm-hmm. some words means different things to different people. So, can you, you know, just talk a little bit more about that? About how the law is today in New York State? No, in terms of this is a pre-modernization, the independence regulation that came out today. Right. Uh huh. Right. Well, you know, what, what's, what's so difficult?
1: is you know we look at the, the, all the 50 states and you know, there are different designations of, of how they are considered as far as their regulatory environment goes. And really, it's still not the same across the board. Um, and I, I don't know how long it's gonna be until we see that. We know that at the end of the day that there are 50 different states, um, 51 if you include D.C., and we still have 51 different sets of regulations and, and yeah. rules across, across the board. And even still, you know, we look at the states that have passed laws. We look at New York. We look at Minnesota. We look at Connecticut. No, none of these laws mirror each other. So there's still nuances in all of the landscape. And it's, it's very challenging, um, and it's, it's, it's imperative for the nurse practitioner uh, to know what regulations are there in the state that they're licensed in because they still vary, and, and they're still very different. Some states need you need to include, you need to submit a written plan to the state. There While they may be considered independent and not needing a written collaborative agreement, there still needs to be submission to the state of uh, some documentation. Some states require um, having... Uh, you know, uh, a certain amount of time uh, as a, you know inexperienced nurse practitioner until you can transition to being an, uh, a full experienced nurse practitioner. So it's still very hard. Um, and then, you know, we take, we take some of the federal issues that are out there, and I talk about um, reimbursement. I talk about things like durable medical equipment, and I talk about things like home health care. And those are three areas that um, nurse practitioners don't have parity with physicians on. Uh, today, in, across the United States, um, no matter what state you're living in and what the regulations are, a nurse practitioner cannot order home care health services for, those, for their patients. Medicare doesn't allow it. Uh, so these are you know types of
0: examples that we have still a lot of work to do. Absolutely, absolutely. I want to remind our listening audience that you are listening to the Health Practitioner Podcast, and my guest today is Dr. Stephen Ferrara. Dr. Ferrara is the Executive Rector of the Nurse Practitioner Association of New York State. Now, going back to um, this variability across states, Stephen, Mm -hmm. What can nurse practitioners do within their – and I'm thinking about within their state organizations, their uh, PAC committees, and -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what can they do?
1: Well, first, what they can do is join
0: and and, (laughs) and
1: be a part of it. you know, uh, one of one of the statistics that I like to talk about in New York State is New York State has one of the largest number of nurse practitioners across the country. You know, w- within each state, um, and the current estimates are about 19,000 uh, nurse practitioners who are at least licensed in New York State. We don't have great workforce data; um, none of the states really do. But we know that we have only a fraction of. Of members of our association and it hurts because you know we have limited resources uh to in order to put forth the um the agenda items that we have as a profession and unfortunately we are up against uh some organizations that have far more resources than us. And at the end of the day, sometimes the more money you have or the larger your organization is, um, they're heard first and they're heard, their voice is heard louder. So, number one is be part of your association, um, be part of your state association, and be part of your national association because there's areas that overlap, but we're talking about, you know, really. Two different areas because you're we're talking about regulatory areas about licensure in your state, and we're talking about federal areas that are more of a national concern. So be part of it. Um, go to go to their website. Every association has a website, uh, and there's chock full of great information that, that that's out there. We'd love to have volunteers. Uh, uh, you know, make making appointments to go visit your local assembly member, your local senator. It It helps tremendously to put a face to a name and to be in the presence of one of your elected leaders to say, I live or I work in your district and I see patients in primary care or whatever specialty it is. And these are the problems that I'm having today. So, that's incredibly powerful, but it needs to be coordinated. You can't um, – it's very difficult to just go out on your own and say, I'm going to go visit my, my local assembly member or, or my local senator. Do it in conjunction with your state organization because there's a strategy there, and certainly um, somebody might have visited them prior, and you might not know that. And so you don't want to waste time. You want to try and uh, uh, you know, get as many people as, as you can. And then you mentioned the PAC uh, donating to the PAC. So a PAC is a political action committee, and uh, those funds are not uh, tax deductible, and they go toward the support of, 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 um, of a candidate. Now, it's bipartisan uh, or nonpartisan, uh, I should say, you know there's not one um, uh, sort of area that they concentrate on what they concentrate on is leaders elected leaders who will support nurse practitioners. So be it a Democrat, be it a Republican, be it an independent uh, candidate, if, if they are including nurse practitioners um, as part of their, their agenda, then in all likelihood, the association is going to support them as well. Um, And that makes a big difference. And the, that sounds like a lot to do on, on a member's part, but there's tremendous uh, give back as well. You, you know, you have to pay for, for membership and by paying, you know, you get access to uh, member education benefits, conferences. So it's not a one way street. It's, it's also networking with your nurse practitioner colleagues. A lot of the organizations have, have um, message boards that are exclusive to their, for their members have local chapter meetings where you can get out and and see people in in your own region. Um, For example, the Nurse Practitioner Association has 21 chapters across all of New York State. Um, because New York State is a big state. And you know, it's, it's nice to be able to get out there and to talk to some of your colleagues you know, in the location that you're, that you're in. And to be quite honest, there's a lot of networking that takes place. There's a lot of jobs that are just word of mouth that come out at these meetings that you may not even see posted on a, on a job board. So it's, it's incredibly valuable. And uh, it's a good way to, um, you know, to, to kind of get involved uh, with your statewide association.
0: Now, a lot of this information um, is on the website. So would you please tell us what the website address is and and give us a little bit more insight into what they will find there? I know there are some forms that they can use that can get information about uh, political sure. action activities, sure. and social. Activities. So, so
1: our website is www.vnpa That's t h e n p a. dot o r g. dot org. Um, and you know, there's a lot of information there that um, you don't need to be a member to see. Um, you know, and you can cl- click around and and see what's what's out there. Um, the other part of it is. Um, you get to, you can join online and you know you don't have to fill out any forms you could just do it all online and uh, that's a, a great thing. Uh, and but you can look at some of the history in, in New York State um, of nurse practitioner practice. you can look at some practice resources and some, some practice guides as well. A lot of people have have questions today about opening up their own practice and how do they get started in doing so. Um, We have the resources to do that. We have members who have done so. Um, And one of the examples I spoke about is some educational content. We have an annual conference, uh, which is coming up in October of of this year. And uh, one of the panel discussions at this conference is going to be nurse practitioner owners and how owners who have a home care practice or who have a primary care practice or who have a psychiatric nurse practitioner practice, uh, how they all kind of got to where they they are now and some of the challenges and successes that they've had. So, you know, there's, there's no reason that people have to go out about this doing it um, from scratch, people have done it before, um, and people should definitely take advantage of some of the lessons that have been learned from from others who have tried. Um, it's it's incredibly powerful and valuable for for those nurse practitioners.
0: Now, given your your change in roles, Stephen, you're at Columbia now. Mm-hmm. Can, uh, can you share any information about? Uh, how this, your role, your new role will impact nurse practitioners? Will it impact nurse practitioners in any way? Well, uh, I, one of the,
1: the most exciting things I'm looking forward to is um, working with this practice. Um, and it's, uh, for those nurse practitioners out there, um, it's called the Columbia Advanced Practice Nurse Associates Practice, or CAPNA, as what it's been referred to uh, since its inception back in um, the early 2000s. Um, and I will be practicing uh, in, in the location as well. So I, 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 one of the important things to me was to be able to still continue to see patients. And I will be able to do that um, in this role. But I, I believe that there are patients out there who are seeking uh, to be seen by a nurse practitioner. Um, not that there's a problem with any other provider that's out there. But it's just a matter of, of patient choice. And I know that patients um, want to be seen by nurse practitioners because they know that NPs um, have traditionally spend more time with them, listen to their concerns more, um, really partner with them, focus on wellness, focus on preventative or, um, uh, you know, disease management uh, types of, of issues. And there are people out there who, who really seek this out. So um, I'm hoping to expand that footprint um, to find um, those patients who want to be seen by nurse practitioners and really grow the practice, uh, a faculty practice of nurse practitioners that's affiliated with the School of Nursing here at Columbia. So um, I think it's it's a great opportunity, and, and hopefully we can find uh, those patients who want to be seen by nurse practitioners.
0: I encourage all of our listeners to stay in touch with us, Stephen and to take advantage of all the information that he has shared with us today. But there's something else about Stephen, and he has a passion for healthcare technology. Where can uh, we find you online? So you can
1: find me. I have a blog on, online, and uh, that is, uh, is npview.blogspot.com. Um, and that's probably the, the easiest way to, uh, to, to find me. I am on LinkedIn as well, Steven Ferrara, Stephen Ferrara, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-F-E-R-R-A-R-A. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think the future uh, of healthcare, one of the, the major – uh, things we will see a lot of uh, in the coming years is, is the health information technology. And we're seeing wearable technology uh, where, you know, we're already seeing for fitness, people are wearing Fitbits and they're wearing these, these wristbands that record your steps and record your, you know, record your sleep. Uh, we're going to be seeing an explosion of what they're calling today mobile health or m health. Um, it's really wide open right now. And as a provider, it's somewhat frustrating because you don't know what your patients are using and you may not necessarily have access to some of the the data that's really important to have. But, um, but we're going to see a lot of it in the, in the coming years. And, uh, I urge, um, all providers, to really start to get familiar with some of this technology because um, we're, we're going to see it, and we're going to be managing patients based on the data that they're getting from, from some of these devices.
0: Thank you so very much, Stephen. I certainly appreciate your joining us today.
1: It was my pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh You're most welcome. And maybe at some later point in time, you will come back again. I would love to. Um, You have been listening to the Health Practitioner Podcast, which is at lifestylewellness.com. All of Stephen's information will be posted again in the show notes on that website. My guests are holistic, engaged, authentic practitioners. This is Dr. Miner, your nurse practitioner on call, and you can find me at lifestylewellnessnetwork.com. Until next time, take care, be well.